Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. We are brought to you today by drpaintball.com. You can find all kinds of awesome paintball gear over at drpaintball.com, and the cool thing is, is they offer easy financing because not everybody can afford these, um, you know, these sweet markers that everybody has out there but uh, if you if you go over to drpaintball.com they have great financing um, all kinds of products anything paintball that you can think of they have over there Um, so thank you to drpaintball.com we are also brought to you by carbon paintball which are the manufacturers of a cool base layer that I wear. It's a, it's a compression fit that also integrates uh, arm pads and knee pads. So I've, ever since I've started wearing them, I have not switched back. I, I love those things. Um, you know, they have, there, there's a lot of people out there that make, you know, pads and, uh, certain things for protection, but, uh, Nothing like this. It's this is very kind of a uh, kind of a new uh, high impact foam and compression fit all in one, and I've enjoyed every you know every minute of it. So thank you to uh, Carbon Paintball. Just head over to carbonpaintball.com and uh, type in capital T P O P at checkout, and you can get ten percent off. So thank you, Carbon. We are also brought to you by Midwest Clothing, the makers of all kinds of crazy custom gear. Uh, check out all of their headgear. That's what I. That's what I. Uh, you know, take from those guys as far as uh, sponsorship goes. I. They. They supply me with any headgear that you can think of. They can come up with it and they can. They can hook you up. So head over to Midwest Clothing LLC. Dot com and type in capital T P O P at checkout and you can get twenty percent off of your entire order. Uh, this is going to all of the uh, the playing on podcast listeners. So thank you, Midwest Clothing, and we are also brought to you by Planet Eclipse, makers of the CS 1.5, the LVR. Uh, you know the makers of the finest paintball markers on the planet, hands down. And you know you can't go wrong when you have a Planet marker in your hand. That's for sure. Believe me, I've been shooting one since 2000. Man, five. Beginning of 2005 is when the first Ego came out. So I've been shooting for a long time. And, you know, I've been impressed year after year on all these uh, all these new marker upgrades and innovations. And, you know, everything that they put on that, that marker I've seen in develop. And, uh, you know, nothing but impressive, impressive innovations every time they come out with something. So uh, thank you, Planet Eclipse. Also, uh, last but not least, thank you to Vantrition, who are the makers of the paintball supplement, the preload, the paintball reload, and uh, also some very, very cool proteins that you guys can check out over at Vantrition.com. Uh, I use all three. I use the protein, the four-plate protein. I use the uh, the preload during uh, pregame uh, before matches, and uh, I use the reload about an hour after matches. So if you head over to Vantrition.com and uh, type in TPOP, capital TPOP, uh, you can get, let's see, uh, 15, yeah, 15% off your uh, your final order. So thank you to all the sponsors, uh, greatly appreciate it, but I appreciate uh, you guys listening, and I am going to be bringing you Sam Monville, 
as far as, uh, yeah, I think he's fresh off of a millennium in this interview, but also it was like the very next weekend uh, after Dallas was the millennium event, but, uh, but Houston Heat had just won Dallas, and then he was just shipped overseas to compete in there. And, man, I, I went back and watched the finals games, and it's ridiculous, man. The talent level of of all these teams is ridiculous. I mean, Heat has a roster. Impact has a roster. And Sam just, you know, fits right into the middle of the mix. And, and that's what it takes. It takes these, you know, it takes superstars. It takes role players. It takes leaders. It takes, uh, you know, a great coach. It takes all this stuff to combine and mix well to become and develop into these top pro teams and and that's what uh impact is doing and that's what houston heat is doing and it's really cool to hear the uh the 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 base of how houston heat became houston heat and you know how the russians came about and uh kind of where sam and chad and everybody kind of came from and and how it all started and developed so i thought that was a really really cool thing um I enjoyed the interview. I really hope you guys do, too. All right. Sam. What's up, man? Nah, nothing much, man. Besides that gnarly mustache. Yeah. You know, just trying to, you know, do something different out there. It is. Man, I got emotionally attached, so, you know. I like it though. It's 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 definitely uh, unique, but it fits your face. Yeah, that see, and that's what like Montrester keeps on being like. I can't picture you without it now. I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's been like nine months, dude. Like it all started because like me and Ryan Smith is a joke. Like, dude, we're gonna grow the dusters out, man. And then like next thing I know, like we did that around Paris of last year. Yeah. And then like the last Paris event, that's before World Cup, everything. And then next thing I know, like I still have it. I'm like. I'm like emotionally attached and like one of my friends from uh, Maryland he played for a team called DC Monstars and like played with like the Revo team before there was even like a Revo semi-pro team and stuff and he uh everybody just knows him as Mustache Adam yeah he has one and it's it's solid he's a chef and we're like he came to Thailand with all of us for an event and he's like yeah man like just keep just stick with it man he's like I've had mine for well like six years now so I'm like oh okay dude like I don't know if I could be doing that he's like yeah, you think that, and six years later, here you are. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yours has the. It kind of has like the straight thing going on, just going just oh, straight yeah, out east up. west. I'll work it out, and then like I'll I, I'll put it up a little bit. It's like it's you actually poke yourself in the eye, man. It's actually like a health hazard. <laughs> so, how do you prefer it for uh, for events? Do you do you wax it a little bit? Do you you know? It's, in the morning, I give her just a, I, 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 I spread her out a little. It's just the problem is otherwise she'll get all bushy and then like, you know, and underneath the mask, it, it, it's I've actually gotten hairs caught in there and it kind of actually hurts because all of a sudden you go pull your mask off, you're like, oh, all right, it just pulled half my face off. <laughs> so like, try yeah, to, try to keep it a little tame, but you know, I'm not trying to go out there and win a beauty contest. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Like one of the most annoying things for me is when. I take off my goggles and then I go to put them on for the next point, and one of my hairs, like, is woven itself in yeah. between the foam, and it like tickles like the corner of my nose or like my yep. eye. <laughs> That's always one thing that like I've always been like huge on. Like even before I put my mask on and stuff, like the first thing in the morning, I'm like, man, I'm digging each little hair out. Yep. I'm like, yep. oh, it is like the most annoying. Like the only piece of equipment I'm like, 
really picky about is masks. Just so I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I want to wear your mask, man. It's like you've been sweating up in that thing, oh, and like dude, I, I don't hate and that. breathing in it. It's like somebody, I need a mask quick. Like, oh, you can grab mine. <laughs> Cool. We'll call a timeout if that's the case. Dude, I hate it because, like, you get it, and the first thing you do is when you get somebody else's goggles is you look at all the condensate that has built it up, and you're like, no, not happening, dude. <laughs> like, I've had a couple times I was, like, really just, like, whatever. Like, I've, like the one time with, uh, I think it was when uh, it was Slowiak was on our team, and I couldn't get the mask tight enough, and when we were in the finals, and, like, he was wearing a profile, and I got, and I got really small head, so, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't pull it tight enough to fit on my head. And I just ripped, like, you know how it's, like, woven into, like, the earpiece? Well, mm-hmm. I just ripped that off and yeah. just tightened it around my head. And he was like, dude, you just ripped my mask. I was like, I'll get you a new one. I'm like, I'm sorry about that, but, like, time crunch, baby. And yeah. It's like, yeah, it's reasonable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to do it on the fly. Sorry about that. I'll get you a new one. He's like, yeah, well, it was worth it. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, talking about days like that, like, what, um... You know, let's take it. Let's take it all the way back to kind of where, um, kind of where you started. Because honestly, like I obviously know who you are. Yeah. There are some people uh, who know who you are out there. I'm not saying that you're not, you know, paintball famous or anything. But you are one of the lesser known names on, on Houston Heat. And I, is, I, I really want to know how you've kind of come into that position to actually be on that team mm-hmm. of superstars. Not, not saying nothing against yeah. uh, you. You are a superstar yourself, but. How did a guy from? Are you from Pennsylvania? I actually grew up in Maryland. In Maryland. So yep. So how did a? I want to know how a guy like that ended up on a team with three Russians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the, the new guys goons. on the team. So so let's start at square one. Where? Um, how did you discover uh, paintball for the first time? Honestly, it was. I mean, kind of just like anybody else, you know just being a kid and you hear about this thing where you go and shoot your buddies. Like, yeah, I'd be interested in that. And then like. Just we played around, messed around the woods, like, by our house with some guys and stuff. And then it wasn't until, like, around, like, I played competitive hockey. Like, that's all I did. I was practicing three times a week. Hey, you were games a Games on player. the weekends. And, you know, that's that was my life from the times, like, five years old until about 15 years old. Like, all, all I did was play hockey. Like, that's mm-hmm. all I did. I was I would go to camps every summer in Canada. And I was there was one Hershey called Hershey Camp that was run by Bob Hartley, the uh, – the old coach of the Colorado Avalanche. And like, yeah. It was like I was being shipped off, and, like, I just – I loved it. And, like, still to this day, like, that's – man, I'm literally wearing, like, a Malkin shirt right now. Like, it's <laughs> – I, I, I watch every game, like – As a Penguins reference, sudden, if anybody knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> being a Penguins fan in Maryland wasn't good for me. But it was – you know, I did, all of a sudden there was, like, this game. It was like, oh, man, I can shoot people and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm a big stature dude. So, like, I had a lot of injuries playing hockey and – uh started just messing around with my friends and I went and actually played at a paintball field around 2003 and then I was like man I really like this like I really like this a lot and it was just something about the way the competition was and I never I mean I played in the woods with my friends by my house a couple times but as soon mm-hmm. as I went to a field it was just like man this it's this fast-paced thing like it, it, behind these inflatable things this is crazy and uh I was playing at uh actually paintball adventure park so like you know where the rebo guys are out of and uh you know, within I started playing around 2003 within the first few months of playing there. It's I almost got like fast tracked, you know, some mm-hmm. of the guys in the field just took a liking to me. And then there was like, hey, come over here. We're going to show you how to you should be holding your gun and stuff. I was like, all right. Well, okay. Kind of took you under their wing. 
yeah and it was like right away and then within a few months you know there was a fielder there was a team that they you know they weren't too bad they were called nasty so yeah they, yeah. Were, a, they weren't a bad 10-man team or a division one x-ball team and they uh they actually asked me to their tryouts and like within i've only been playing paintball like six months and I'm going to like a division one team's tryouts and then really yeah and it, like it was there was a guy named Derek mitchell who actually played on the team and uh he kind of took me under his wing him and there was another guy josh trout and like those guys went on to like Derek never played for Philly Americans. They had printed a jersey for him. Once their tryouts, they printed a jersey for him. He never ended up playing for him. Uh, Josh was asked to play with Miami Effect and stuff, and they were, you know, the same nasty I was playing in. I mean, they got whooped up on my, like, dynasty and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, they were playing at a top level. There was there was impulses made after them, the, the nasty shockers for them. Yeah. And stuff. I remember but, the nasty impulse. Yeah, they were, they were, I mean, they were a respectable team, and, you know, there was one one guy, Richie Veet, really, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say he really helped me as much on the paintball field as much as, man, he taught me some things and some stuff about, just, you know, life. But yeah. I still talk to him every day. And, like, they kind of just fast-tracked me, and then it just didn't work out. Like, I have a super low APPA number because they were like, hey, you're going to sign up. We play, you know, these events. And So what year was this? Like, this around what, what yeah. about 2004, maybe? 2004, 2005. Yeah, probably 2004. And uh, they ended up repping the first event, so they're like, there's no reason to send you. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next event, they had guys come back from the original nasty team. They're like, listen, dude, we got these guys. We're trying to be better. Still right. need some time. It's like, all righty. And then I was supposed to go play skyball with them. My parents like, yeah, you got hockey that weekend. I was like, hmm, guess I'm not <laughs> going to that. And then eventually I just told my parents, like, I kind of want to take this more seriously. Like, I don't want to be playing hockey. Like, I'm severely undersized. I'm not – it's not going to take me anywhere. And I was like, you know, I'd like to kind of play this some more, see what happens. And then Nasty ended up breaking up. And, you know, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, I guess I'll talk to some other teams. And just kind of eventually me and one of my friends built a uh, little Division Three team with some guys. And uh, I think it was 2004, 2004, 2005. The year that it was, we decided to play Division Three PSP. Well, it was a bad year to pick because uh, – same year with uh, Aftermath, uh, Tipman Effect, uh, yeah. ECE. Like, it was, I mean, that was a year of a who's who. Like, that teams that came up and all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing those. I mean, you still see some of the top players in the world. The, you know, the uh, Goldsmith. I mean, Marcel, all those guys, they were playing Division Three that year. And they pretty much, between them and uh, Buddy Bowers, Tipman Effect, I mean, they pretty much won every event. Like, yeah. It was just a solid year of paintball, but then like it kind of for us it, you know, for me I was like, oh man, this is, I really like this. And then uh, I had a you know a buddy of mine that helped build that team moved up to Pennsylvania to uh, go to school, and all of a sudden they're building this paintball park down the street. And he's like, oh man, there's this crazy place going on. Turned out to be uh, Billy and Adam Gardner building All American Paintball Park. So <laughs> yeah, just. You know, not not that bad of a facility to be to be there. And then no, like, not at all. Uh, he was just like, "Hey, man, you should come up here and play. Come up here, play." And I was still in school. I was like, "You know, I can't really do that." Like, eventually, and then like, you know, I graduated high school, and he was like, "Hey, man, you're gonna be. I got this Division Three team you can come up here and play with." He's like, "You want to come up here?" And he's like, "You're gonna have to technically try out." And uh, at the time, I was playing with Tremor and Seven Man. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and he was playing with us on that too. He's like, you know, you, you want to come up here? So I go up there and, you know, amazing facility. And 
have, you know, practice with these guys one day and I just happened to meet another dude and, uh, me and him, you know, right away hit it off. And, uh, then our next thing I know, it's, I'm playing the first Vegas event with them. That's probably in 2006 playing mm-hmm. Vegas with those guys. with a little team called ECK. Yeah. And we had a good team and, uh, and just hit it off. And, uh, that one dude, me and him just played the snake side together the whole time. And, uh, He's doing pretty well for himself now. I mean, you know, I can't really toot his horn. He's kind of a big, he's got big, you know, ego on him and stuff. But, like, (laughs) you've heard of him, Chad George. Oh, I I think I've heard of that guy. He's not bad. He's got a huge (laughs) huge ego. But uh, he's actually downstairs right now. I hope he hears me. Um, (laughs) Do you guys live together? Yeah, me and him live together. Moorhead just moved out. But uh, he's actually here right now, too. But they, uh, we all hang out much every day so yeah but yeah me and chad actually met playing division three together like oh that's cool it, it was literally just random luck and we both just hit it off like it was just things clicked it was like oh i see how you like to play that's how i like to play yeah all right this is this matchup works well and mm-hmm. uh you know our division three team did re- really well and like we were super highly funded it was just a guy that you know he was independently wealthy had a kid that really liked to play and he fell mm-hmm. in love with it and he really took care of the team and everything. And, uh, I think the first event I played with them, we took like fifth and the next thing it was like third, fourth, third, and then like uh, second at world cup. And like, we had a good season, you know, and that was 2006 and then 2007, they, uh, fast tracked us and, uh, pretty much Tim Montressor. I decided I was like, Hey, I'm going to probably just move up to Pennsylvania. I just want to play more. Yeah. He's like, All yeah. right. If you do, I'll get you a little, I'll get you a job at, uh, you know, all American paintball parking work mm-hmm. community college up there. I was like, hell yeah, man. Why not dude? Like, <laughs> no. So like, like I got nothing better going on. So going back to when you were on a team that was, that was well-funded, but with like a lower division, like don't, do you think a lot of people kind of look for that when they're coming up, um, is for that, that kid that has the rich parents that can fund the team or if it, you know, are, are, I think it's becoming more popular too. Yeah. Like back then, like you just, there was actually a lot – it seems like there was a lot more of that going on mm-hmm. that just nobody knew about. Like it was just – I know about a couple of teams that was literally like, oh, there's well-funded and stuff. But like nowadays it seems like uh, – because nobody on our team was really like, oh, hell yeah. It was just like – I just I don't know. My buddy told me to come play on this team, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, it's fully funded. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it makes the decision like, a lot easier. Like, yeah, like but like nowadays you – like. I mean, I mean, I've worked in the industry and stuff, and it's like, in once you're around long enough, you've, I mean, you've seen it through probably years of it. It's, uh, people ask for a lot more nowadays. Yeah, it's you see it in these lower divisions where it's like they're like, well, we want this and that for our teams. Like, who are you? See, like, and what, that's the thing. It's like you have to, it? yeah, you gotta, you have to earn it. One, you definitely mm-hmm. have to earn it, but you have to see it from the company's point of view, right? What are they gonna benefit out of it? Because it's always gotta be a give and take. Yep, and like, you know, back then it just seemed, and I, I, we talk about this all the time, just like me, Tim, Ryan, all this stuff, all those guys, like, we really feel it's a cultural thing, just as the years go by, I mean, you look at it in any sport, the fact there's participation trophies nowadays, like, it's stuff like that where it's like, everybody's like, well, why don't I get that, why don't I get, and it's like, I moved away from home, and figured out how to live on my own and stuff like that just because I, I wanted to play more. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. And it was like, there were times me and Tim were like, oh, you know, just want to go snap shooting right now instead of taking lunch. Yeah. And I'm just 
snap shooting for an hour and I'm, I took my beatings. Like, and it was like, I, you know, once I moved up there, they were like, Hey, you know, you want to practice with Philly Americans a little bit? I was like, okay, I got, man, there's days like the one coach uh, Graham would be like, son, just don't even go back in the snake. <laughs> you can't, like you just keep being bunkers. Like, no, nah, man. Okay. What, what does that matter? I have to, I got to figure the hell out, man. Like it's, yeah. it, you don't see that as much anymore. Like you don't see the mental tenacity of players anymore. We're like, I mean, you know how it is. Like, the one thing you cannot train is a dude to go in there, get stuck in his ear, and go back out there and, and just go for it again. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you see these people get timid and, like, yeah. Like, oh, we always call them scud misses. Like, dude, you just got to be a scud. You got to go down there, crawl to their snake, probably not even shoot anybody across the field, get bunkered, and just do it again. Like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's an acquired it, – it's not even an acquired skill. Like, it's just something you either have it or you don't, man. Like So, so you, like – Coming from uh, you know a, a veteran pro like yourself and and some others, do you think with some of these newer teams and these, some of these newer guys, like I, I kind of experimented with this a little bit the last event, but it's like just talking a little bit of shit like between each point because what I all right what I've noticed and it, it kind of got me psyched up for the game too is like you know as as you cross each other on opposite sides because we you know each each yeah. uh, other point you you cross so as we're crossing it's normally looking straight ahead or looking down at the ground, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Why <laughs> isn't there more shit talking like at our at our level? And I, I kind of took it in my hands. <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what?" I was like like during the X Factor game, like I I kind of gave a little shit to Archie a little bit. I kind of gave a little shit to to Grayson a little bit just to kind of like like fuck it, just turn it on. Like kinda, it kind of made me feel a little bit better because I felt like I was maybe getting in their head a little bit. Yep. Instead of See, I like stuff like that. Like it's and I'm not You've known me for years, dude. Like I'm pretty quiet and stuff, but like, yeah, I, I have like when it comes to competition, I love stuff like that. It's like mm-hmm. I have no problem there. Like it, two minutes, if you want later, we'll we'll still go get a beer together. Like it's, I'm exactly. not saying we to go fishing with the man. Like I'm just saying, right now, you're trying to take food yeah. off my plate. Like it, it's that's how it is. So just like, walk by. I'm gonna find you on the field and put two in yeah, your dude. ear, motherfucker. Yep. And like, well, there's <laughs> all the time people like I'll look at them and be like, oh, okay, and like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, like people be like. They'll not like I just I nod my head a lot of people where I'm like oh okay I just see what happened okay mm-hmm. mental note that I mean girl playing hockey it's like all right that's just uh, you gotta take his number like you you take exactly. his number and I'm exactly. gonna find you on this next shift like I'm yeah. gonna find you mm-hmm. and like that's just how it was and I mean you I know at the the hockey level hockey yeah dude, well the, I was dirty I was dirty <laughs> dude, well I compare I compare paintball like I've never played hockey in my life and I've always always wanted to play hockey I thought I, I would have been you know this is just me talking but I thought I would have been a decent hockey player and I compare a lot of paintball to hockey just oh, how yeah. how like the uh offense and defense change so quickly and and so often well that's what I said is it's the mental chess game that's going on at such a high pace that it's mm-hmm. it's ever evolving it's you, it, you never can say like things are going too well because it's in a split second things can change yeah. you have to be able to change gears and it's like you see these players where you're like expect like for a paintball aspect it's like they have one speed and if it doesn't go well they're like, what is going Shut down. on? It's like they don't have this this field of vision for the whole the big picture. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got to understand, like hockey. It's like you see these dudes, like they can see plays develop before it even happens. Like, I mean, just with one pass. Dude, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like a dude like Archie. You see it as he's playing. He like how fast he's seeing the whole 
outcome of the game before it's happening, and it's that's why people like that make these split second decisions. The right decisions that win these games, and yeah. it's they've already figured out plan A, B, and C before anything's happened because they're going to make a decision based off. I mean, there's times, and you know, you sh- okay, you shoot at somebody. Do you, they shoot back at you? Do you roll off? Do you gunfight them? Do you just go in and say, hey, turn and shoot this way? And you try to get in that way? It's like these mm-hmm. players already have each one of those scenarios picked out. And a lot of times they're doing it based on who's on the other end. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, these teams that are coming up don't have that ability yet, let alone, yeah, you can watch film in paintball of like a guy every day, but to actually play against him, like, you don't really know how his gunfighting is going to be, his decision-making. Right. Like, it's not – that's one unfortunate thing about paintball is you can't really watch film and really get a great grasp for it. No, no I, I think that's the – I'm for kids now, I guess that's the first step, right? Watch the webcast. You know, you can kind of sort of get a feeling on what the players are thinking, why the, why they're shooting a certain way, but you can't. So it's kind of like a 50-50. The second step would be actually going to maybe a practice um, or an event and getting your nose. I always say this, get, get your nose to the net and watch your watch the player that you, you would like to watch or watch what a team. Look at what he did and then go try to think, why did that work? Mm-hmm. If you're not sure, try it. Yeah, and one of the biggest things I always say, like at events, when you're watching something, try it, try it. There's a, there's a reason that the game eventually developed where everybody holds the gun the same. Like it's, yeah. it's little things like that where it's like, people continuously watch other people and say, well, that clearly works the best. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why when you see like, like pro finals games, pro Sundays, the teams are all playing the the field the exact same. Yeah, it works that's what you have to do and then the margin of error just becomes smaller but it's it's one of those things where, like you see somebody do something on a field that worked for them try it yeah there's a reason it worked but figure out how it's going to work for you and if it's going to consistently work it's like and i think nowadays it just i've always said the the person i want on my team is not the person it's like all right i shot i shot four of them i mean what the hell you guys couldn't shoot another another one it's like no, I want the guy that goes, man, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't close that out. Like, it's like mm-hmm. personal ownership is probably the best thing you can have in paintball. Oh, it, yeah. It's And it's – all you have to do is be able to sit, look somebody in the eye and be like, man, I messed up. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you if you you recognize where you messed up then and you're willing to fix it, people that point fingers or go, why didn't you – oh, why did you guys all die around me? Mm-hmm. No, that means you're just going to go out there and wait for everybody to die around you again. Yep. Yeah, you're growing as a person. Like once you start, once you start taking on that responsibility and that that self uh, reliance, you start building that confidence in yourself, and and that's what that's what we need across the board. On the and that's what you see a lot, and why guys are in the sport in the position in the position that they are, is because they have that and they've developed that over the years. Yep, and, and like a lot, it's they don't want to make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mentally recognize it you're not gonna you're not gonna fix it and it's yeah. like it, and it, it's what i hate the most watching divisional like i just i watch these dudes come off like i was the last one why'd you guys die around me it's like no dude you have to evolve with the point and tell you the truth now your job's to shoot all five well that's a great saying evolve with the point because the, the like, point is ever evolving oh yeah uh, and like, you know, know that's and like that's what i'd always especially last year i mean i coached last year so it's like mm-hmm. 
just tell you guys when like somebody be upset about something like dude evolve with it evolve with the point if your job now becomes the front guy evolve become the best front guy you can be like you have to do this do it the best you can it's mm-hmm. like don't just say oh well why didn't we do this like it's evolve with the point and continuously do what has to be done to go in the right direction i mean it's yeah I always said like I, I don't consider myself one of the best players but one of the things I do concern myself is good at making sure things go well for my team as the point progresses. Right. And it's if I have to become the front guy, if I have to hold for a little bit, if I have to just say literally, hey, Chad, just sit down the wire, calm down. We have to wait things out for a while. It's mm-hmm. whatever you can do to help your team. And it's a lot of people I just don't think realize, hey, man, sometimes the best thing to do for you right then is just sit there. Yeah. And it's those little things that just – Make sure you win the point. See, but I think that's the tough part, right? That, I think that's the, the part that we have developed and we've been able to, I don't want to say conquer because there's always there's always a back and forth battle of who does it better. But I, I think that decision right there of whether to push or to stall is so much easier said than done. Oh, and, yeah. Oh. And, I, and I feel like... It's easy for us to sit here and say, well, you know, because we consciously know and we've done it, a, you know, thousands of times is we know to sit in a spot or we know to push in a spot. But, you know, for a divisional guy coming up or even a semi-pro guy and be like, well, man, I, I, I really had that feeling like I should have pushed. And then the guys on this team are like, yeah, man, why did you push when it was like it possibly could have been a good move? Except, yep. you know, right the last minute, the guy was shooting this way and he yep. just happened to head check and see him and catch him. So yep. it's like it's really it's real tough it's to a, a ball line. that up. Yeah. And like that's and it, one of the things like uh, Tim Montres was one of the guys that would tell me is because I mean, spend a lot of guy time with the guy over the years. And like he'd always be like, man, you know, why, like people like Brett Favre, Tom Brady, and all those guys are so good because they throw interception. Walk back to bench, walked it back to the bench, and the coach would be like, "What the hell was that?" I'd be like, "I don't know, man. I thought I saw it." And like, it's like <laughs> exactly. Then they go back yeah. out there, and they then and next thing you know, they're making a game-winning play, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you. But that's also one of those things. Like, it comes with that mental tenacity of being okay with making your mistake, just not doing it again. Mm-hmm. Going, all righty, man. I see where I messed up, but I thought I had it for a second. It's cool, but yeah. like, that's but not not being afraid. Uh, or not being so naive that thinking that it won't happen again because it will. But it's oh. you. You want to you want to make that gap between mistakes, you know, grow. So yeah. I mean that's because I've. I mean I make plenty of mistakes on the paintball field, but you, you, yeah, you have to you have to have that balance. And I feel like I've I've kind of have sort of the, that that balance, and you just can't let one outweigh the other. I mean, yeah, really. And like, and what I've always said was, no matter what, there's one thing in paintball that I don't think people really realize is how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. It's better to figure out what's going on than just make some rash decision. Yeah. Just take a second. Take, I've always said I'd rather win a match one nothing than lose 17-16. I don't care about how fast you win the point. Just win it. Yeah. Just win the point. If I, was on the second, if I was on the second line, I'd be kind of... I'd be kind of down. I'd be like, man, I kind of want, oh, yeah. I kind of want to win I that. Mean, one. Yeah, like, I thought I had the next one, but you know, <laughs> I thought I, I, had I, I let you have that one. You guys should have <laughs> yeah. that first one. Well, I'll take the win. I'll okay. Or I'd be like, man, you guys look tired. <laughs> I, I get the whole next match now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's just something I, I just think people are too. It's 
especially the way I mean you've you've played it for years too and you've played things like CXBL and like the two half style stuff it's like mm-hmm. back then it was like man you just try to run at people and you're like hey man if it oh, didn't yeah. work I get a chance to do it again like yeah nowadays it's like the with the time frames the way the players have evolved and become so much better even at the lower levels it's like the margin of error is so low that it's like man I want to I want a, a, a millennium event one nothing mm-hmm. that's crazy the finals match, we won one nothing, and it was like, well, that's pretty. I shot thirteen pods at this little cone thing, and I was just like, "All right, dudes, good, nothing over here." Like, yeah, it, yeah. And it was funny because it was me and Montressor's team versus uh, Damien and uh, Brad McCurley. Mm-hmm. Like they they were playing on a team, and like after we met over, it was like, "Man, that seriously happened? That was a one nothing match." We're like. Yeah, that that's was great. awesome. That was awesome. Like, it's, <laughs> and I just think, and it's you don't need to make these rash decisions, mm-hmm. man. Like, and I, I as silly as it, it sounds, as silly as it sounds, ten man kind of made me, maybe almost like kind of rethink of how I'm gonna play in the next event. Just because, yeah. like, okay, so ten man, five more guys you got to worry about. You know, there's there's now ten guns on the field instead of just five. And there's that many more bunkers that you have to check off. And the field is that much bigger. And, you know, I look at it, I'm like, dude, I have so much time. Th- but I have so much more responsibility because okay. there are so many more things that I need to do before I get to plan Z at the yep. end of the game. So, I mean, it'd be... So you, you've literally doubled the variables. Like, it's yeah. it's insane. But, like, oh, man, I, love, I think 10 Man is just so awesome because it's like, man you really man the moves that can be made and like everything like it's such mm-hmm. a cool dynamic to the game and like when the fields are that big it's like man it feels like that dude just ran for like a solid minute just oh, yeah. to make it somewhere like it, it looks so dude, insane i was running to this this last event in dallas i was running to the right 50 off the brick like at least three yeah. four times it Who was it, was and it probably felt like forever. Oh like, God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like we've been uh, out here in Pittsburgh. Now they're uh, Tim Montressor and some guys are holding a 10 man mechanical event. The iron, uh, like, iron city. The Open, iron right? city. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. We went out there and played on the, uh, the hyperball field a couple weeks. Cause weeks ago. Cause like old, uh, old special Robinson, Todd Hugo, <laughs> like uh, Hans Simmels. They were out at the one in Chicago. Oh yeah, well they they wanted to practice for that. Uh-huh. So me and Tim went out and played on this hyperball field against them, with like Billy Gardner and his son, and like it was just like we had like <laughs> we had three dudes with pump guns on our team and stuff, and like yeah. it was so crazy because the way Ten Man is and like how big the fields are and like especially with the mechanical guns, like you really don't have the complete firepower at all times. And literally me, Tim, and Billy brought a what was it like an eight on three we brought it down to a two on two. Oh jeez and it, like it's it's but the because the fields are so wild and mm-hmm. it's like you can kind of get pretty creative you can on catch them. people like, sleeping yep yeah. and like i i i to me i'm like man i'm surprised this 10 man thing doesn't take off more mm-hmm. because like you're looking at it and you're like man it i feel like in the long run since you have more guys I mean, it sounds bad to say, but, like, the demographic of what paintball is right now isn't really the best for as an industry. Mm-hmm. 
we're trying to find that though it's it's like well, and it's like I've, I've said this before it's like we're every time we change something it's an experiment because we haven't i don't think we've figured it out yet we're still well, trying to figure it out when you look at it is you, you, most of the paintball players right now that are you know coming into it and trying to play competitively and stuff the demographic is these school kids mm-hmm. or young college people or and it's where's their funding coming from they don't really have the the means to really be doing it consistently or fund a team or really doing this stuff it's like you need to open up the the competitive side to the guys that realistically do have the funds and you know it's, it's going to be an older demographic mm-hmm. and i feel like when like you, it used like, to be Yep, and like, well, that's what I was thinking because we played. Obviously, it was me, Tim, and Billy, and then like three dudes with pump guns, and like we we had this ridiculous mishmash of people. Like, mm-hmm. I swear, some of them had never even played paintball before, and stuff. And we were competing with these dudes that, I mean, Spech, Todd, Hans, Phil, like all those guys, <laughs> Danny Manning, like yeah, like yeah. Danny Manning <laughs> from Trauma Head Sports, like yeah, man, like yeah, like he, he they we played them and. Those dudes can still play 10-man at a high level. Oh, yeah, they can ball. And we could hold hold them out and stuff just with a couple of talented guys, but Billy hasn't picked up a paintball gun probably played in like five, six, ten years. <laughs> he, was wearing, he was wearing a remote line. I cannot make this up. <laughs> and he was holding it like a pistol yeah. and telling me and Tim how fast he could switch side to side. And we're like, Billy, you're not switching hands. You're just turning 180. Doesn't like, yeah, matter. Fast. Faster. Best, and but he wasn't a hindrance on the team. It's like those are the type of people that put money into industries like this. Mm-hmm. But you've, what Billy? Billy is not going to play some X ball these days. It's right, not yeah. possible. And it's like so you've kind of cut them out of an industry that I mean he still loves it. I still see him at the factory every week. But it's not like he can play competitively anymore. Yeah, and so it's like I I I, I just. I wish we could find this happy medium of being able to have fast players with maybe some not so fast players. And it's, I mean, I used to love seven man. That, that no, was, I love seven, man. but it was like the feet it's in the, uh, the players did develop to become too good. Mm-hmm. But maybe if the fields got bigger with more bunkers, kind of like where the, the NXL is doing these 10 mans, what happens? Like, we don't know yet, because like you were saying, we haven't tried enough, but it's like, I've wondered, what would Seven Man be like on a field that size? Yeah. Pretty interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it's like, um, you can make more moves, but at the same time, these smarter players could also hold things out probably pretty well, Mm -hmm. because it's a couple less players for them to mentally calculate, and so it's like, what would happen? What would happen? Yeah. And like, I I would like to see all these things tried, like, like me and Tim talk about it all the time, because we're like... I mean, he worked for DLX and GOG and everything, and so, like, he has a master's degree, and he's too smart, but, I mean, you know, Tim, he's, yeah, he's yeah. an intelligent guy, so, like, but we talk about these industry things like that, and it's like, what would happen? Like, and so, we'd like to see, like, what what would happen with this? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. I, I want to see what, what can happen, because obviously, I mean, you've been in it probably longer than I have of paintball. It's like, where can this really go? Like, mm-hmm. what's the best for it? Like, well, that's the unknown. I mean, that's that's the unknown, which I'm sure we'll eventually get to. But like, we're, we we kind of got off track a little bit. I want to go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to. Um, so you, 
got on, you were on a team with uh, with Chad, oh, yeah. and you started playing. You and then, and what team was that? ECK. EC- it was ECK. And then um, who was the uh, who and when was the uh, the first pro run that came along, and how and how did it come along? Oh man, it was literally when I moved up to Pennsylvania. Uh, I started playing with a uh, Punisher's paintball, mm-hmm. and uh, they literally took everybody from the ECK team. The well, there was. Not everybody. They took about uh, five of us. And all the kids that basically played every point for ECK, Tim was like, hey, I'm trying to rebuild Punishers and, you know, make a really good Division One team. Would you guys be interested? So they literally pretty much took, I mean, they cut pretty much everybody from Punishers, brought the five of us up, held a tryout, and then team picked up some pretty pretty decent players. And um, Drew Heyer came and played for the team back when he was playing with, like, Infamous. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad Hytella, who played on like Evil Factory. Yeah, Chad. Nick, Nick Napolitano, who played on uh, who did he play for? Shock. He played a little bit with Tauntauns. He's another Detroit, Detroit guy. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason Trozen played a couple events with us. Spech played an event with us. Like we actually had, uh, and then we had Danny Benitez played the whole year with us. Like we actually had a really good team and. Uh, Chad, that was the year Chad had the option. He could either go to Philly and maybe not play at all or go and play for Punishers and just learn some more. And he took, he said, you know, I want to take my chances with Philly. So in 2006, yeah, 2006, he went and played for Philly. And then we, a bunch of us played on Punishers. And then 2000, no, that was 2007. Yeah, 2007, he went and did that. Then 2008. Punishers fell apart. It was just not enough guys were really committing, and mm-hmm. you could tell that just their heart wasn't in it, but they were still doing it because they were either getting a, a a good ride on the team or something. And it was just like, and you know, Tim was you know taking care of the team and kind of coaching it and stuff. And he was just did like, Farkas play with you guys? He was going to the next year. Oh, so he went through all the tryouts and he was going to play with us. But then when some of the other guys like it, just there wasn't enough guys that were committed right like you could tell they were just doing it to do it and it wasn't like they were going to put in the effort to try and actually make it a competitive winning team mm-hmm. Jim's like yeah we're just not doing this he's like i you guys have more sponsorship than a lot of teams out there and he's like you, you just don't Taking even it care for granted. For it. yeah and it was like so he pulled the plug and then i went and played with uh tpa and uh played division two with tpa and then uh, Philly had tryouts, and then they end up picking up Duder from Trauma, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, Duder just you know at the uh, third, the second event of the year, Duder just wasn't feeling it anymore and decided to leave the team. And I'd been practicing with Philly at every practice, and uh, you know they've just been you know bringing me up and just basically grooming me. And then the third event, they were like, "Hey, Duder, we have an extra roster spot. You know, we're gonna bring you on." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, easy, like, I, easy, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that works. And, like, because, you know, before they had said, you know, and it was kind of Adam Gardner looking out for me. I mean, you played when I moved up here, started playing hockey with Adam and stuff. And, you know, a little bit before that, he's like, you know, they thought about instead of picking up Duder, put me on the roster and stuff. But he's like, Adam basically said, he's like, I don't want it to not work out. And then your ranking make it so you can't really play with anybody else. He's like, I just don't want to do that to you. He's like, I want to make sure that we don't. Do so he's this looking out for you. Yeah, and like that's what I can. I can never say enough good things about Adam. Like he's one of my favorite people, and he 
literally, and I was just like, I completely understand that. I was like, you know, like, I mean, it's your team, so I'm not going to tell you, yeah. like, like, what am I supposed to say to you? But, like, and I understood. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep on working for it. And, you know, when you tell me I'm ready, I'm ready then. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, obviously, that's, I, you know, I think that's just something that's not really done correctly in paintball anymore. You know, it's just, I just don't think, I think too many kids are just like, no, I'm ready. You just don't know I'm ready. It's like, right. No, nah, man. And, like, then when they, know the first few events you know i really didn't i mean the first event i actually played a decent amount in chicago like it was just a good field for me and you know and then the next event i don't even know if i played a point i don't yeah. even know if i played a point the next event or the next event or the so next was this event. the first time that you met uh fedorov was uh, it playing for philly no when i first met him when he came to philly and uh since i was working at the paintball park you know he had a visa that allowed him to be over for a while. So he would come and stay for like a month or two at a time. And I mean, Tim basically employed me to like sit in a room and teach him Photoshop, but it was more just me teaching him English. So like, <laughs> I've literally like, was, I probably spent more time with better off than anybody in America. Like it was just, I literally sat in a room with him almost every day, mm-hmm. five days a week, the whole time he would be here. I hang out with him every day. Yeah. And so like I just so me and him like we've literally just known each other for so long now that like we spent so many man hours together it was like you know when the whole heat thing happened people were like oh you know you've kind of played with Federal before I was like I know I got pretty well like I've been taught him a lot of English like it's not easy <laughs> to teach somebody Photoshop so yeah you had to start with English yeah. work your way to that like it was, so it was just funny like you know and he was a you know, he he dealt with some cultural things uh, when he first <laughs> when he first came over. It was just you know, he, I mean, Russia's a little bit different. I mean, like things like sarcasm. I mean, he didn't really get that at first. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's not. And we're full of, <laughs> we're full. Yeah, of and, like there was times he'd be like, "Why you say this?" And you'd be like, "You don't get it, it's a joke." He's like, "No, why would you say this?" I'm like, oh, right. yeah. Like he used to say, like he's like, "I like my blue jersey, my my pink gun, and my yellow bike." He likes riding motorcycles. We're like, dude, so what you're saying is you'd be in heaven wearing your blue jersey, holding your pink gun, riding your yellow bike. And he's like, why would you say this? Why would you say this? Make no sense. Why would I do this? And we we're like, all right, he clearly doesn't get it. Like, we, I mean, yeah. obviously, us being us, we messed with him the whole time about it. He got oh, upset. Yeah. But like, nowadays, I mean, I swear that's all he does is sarcasm. So <laughs> it's like one of those things. But, like, you know, the, the Philly thing really taught me, like, a lot about – I mean, nothing was earned. Like, I mean, nothing was given with that. Like, it was literally like I kept my mouth shut, dude. Like, I yeah. there was there was probably like four events straight that I might have played one point each each event. Mm-hmm. Never once was I like, man, I sh- <sighs> why didn't you guys give me more points? It's like, you understood your role. Yeah, it's like, dude, I'm the new guy, dude. Like, it's, this is not how it works. Like, man, you I you got to earn it. You got to earn it. And eventually, mm-hmm. you know, World Cup came around and it was field layout that was working for me i played a lot and we ended up taking second i mean it's we had the match it was playing russian legion i mean the first and it, that back then it was when it was awesome two to th- it was two out of three you had to win two out of three matches and mm-hmm. first match we won next match we got a whooping mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a whooping in the second <laughs> one it, it might have been like seven nothing in like and they did that. And I mean, there, there might have been like five minutes off the clock. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And then the next one, it was a closer game. You know, they ended up winning. And it was like, 
that was two years in a row of Philly, and then, you know, the team, you know, fell apart after that, but it was, like, the stuff that I learned there, like, man, it was, I could never replace that, like. Who do you think taught you the most, or who did you learn from the most? It was kind of a combination, like, between probably, Montrester's been bringing me up for years, so, like, can't thank him enough and then honestly like Moorhead taught me a lot like at one point after the first year they told me like dude you gotta become a Dorito player I was like I've never played in a Dorito before in my life <laughs> like well literally only played the snake because everybody just said you're small go in there right right you gotta become a Dorito player I was like oh okay <laughs> like I, I gotta learn this now mm-hmm. and but like a lot of those guys like and uh Jason Edwards was another one that like I, I, just, like, I, I loved the way he played. Like, it just, yeah. he, he does some unexplained things where you're like, holy shit. Like, he plays with a lot of confidence. That's oh, what. A lot of confidence. And it's, man, he was the first one that I really watched. I was like, I'm going to stand out in the middle of nowhere and kind of do this. And then, okay, I'm going to run back. And like, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that was crazy. That was pretty cool to see. And like, so I, and I really liked that. And it was like, you know, they had, unfortunately, well, fortunate for me, but it, it's hard to pinpoint people because it's like, man, that team literally did have so many guys on it that, like, but, I mean, Fatty was another one. Like, that, Craig Doherty was, you know, he was probably one of the best X players there was. And, mm-hmm. like, just seeing the way he would play it and stuff. And, you know, I learned a lot. And, I mean, again, Chad was only on Philly for a little bit, but I learned a lot from him being there. Like, it's, you know, seeing each one of those guys' styles and, like, I mean, another guy that I learned some things that I remember Ross O'Rourke. That sounds familiar. He played like strange stuff. Ross was like one of the most ridiculous players that you're like, is, it, is this guy serious right now? Like, is he serious? <laughs> like, he was, he ran all goofy and he'd be times he'd be like holding his gun on his waist and like looking another way and be like, oh yeah, I shot that guy. You're like, <laughs> what was that? And like, but he was like somebody that like when I watched him and it's kind of like, you really were just shooting from the hip and looking that way. He's like, well, yeah, I was holding that lane, and I knew nobody was going to go through it, so I was checking that off to see if my guy was alive. It was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You don't have to be looking where you're shooting. Like, it's – you can do these things. And, like, it was just – there were so many guys that had so many – it was a team of completely different styles that fortunately worked so well together. Mm-hmm. So it's like I learned so many different aspects at one time that it was like – Alrighty, I guess you know, and you I, you start to just form your own style then out of it, and like oh yeah, you know, and <clears throat> unfortunately it was a great organization that embraced it. They were like, you know, figure out how you're gonna do this, man, and it's yeah, they're helping you the whole way, but you know, it was also a team that it was you had to be pretty mentally strong to handle because I mean, there's times I mean, Tro would like throw his clipboard at you or like Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And he'd be like, I don't even know why you're out here. You might as well just go sit on the bench right now and watch everybody else. And hopefully (laughs) you'll learn something like it's like, like, you know, you took your mental and physical beatings, but it was like, it made you such a stronger player in the long run. Yeah. Oh, and that's all it was. And like, it was, man, there's some times like, I don't even know if I want to show up to practice tomorrow. Like I just took mm-hmm. a beating. Like, but it was like you know you took it and you went. Well, I guess you know it was gonna wipe the slate clean. Say I just gotta do it better tomorrow, or I can pout about it and you know have another bad day. It just you know had to me- learn how to mentally get over that hump. Mm-hmm. And like you know once you know it was 
it was a terrible feeling when, you know, Adam finally told us Philly was no more. Like that was a, that was one where I was like, what? Yeah. Kind of an unreal, like, yeah, you were like, well, no, you sure about that? And like, it just, you know, he wanted to make it happen, but it just, it, you know, was it, was it financial? Was it, it was a financial, I mean, there was a, there was, I mean, obviously a lot of people offered to like keep it going and stuff, but it wouldn't have been Philly if it wasn't Adam's team. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, eventually, you know, with the way a lot of things that were looking and stuff, people were trying to help, but it just, it wouldn't have been Adam's team. It would have kind of been their team that they were. And so it's just one of those things that, you know, and I, I don't blame Adam one bit for doing that. Like it's, you know, it's Adam's team. Like that's everybody has their I, reasons. Yeah. And like, well, when it's Philly Americans, like that's, I mean, Adam and Billy built that out of their parents' garage. Like that's, you know, it's not just like they were like a couple guys that were like, hey, let's start a, like, a little club. And all of a sudden it starts doing well. I was like, man, the whole thing came out of their parents' garage. It's like, you know. And for those who don't know, you know like, they're also smart parts. Yes. That, and that's, you know, they literally started that in their parents' garage, making a barrel. And then built it up. And that was Adam's team. And so I was like, I don't blame you. And then, you know, went back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, and... uh of course, another, you know, me and Tim were sitting there, and he's like, you know, what do you think you're going to do? I was like, I have no idea what I'm about to do. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, and he's like, you know, I'm looking at, he's like, I'm talking to some teams. and every, You're still uh, working for the field at the time, right? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, still working with the field, and it was still open for a little bit longer than Smart Parts was. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. It was like, okay, don't know who I'm going to play for, what, you know. There's nothing really around these parts that are really that high level, so mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I talked to a couple of people, and eventually, you know, slowly but surely, some of the guys from the team slowly went off to other teams. You know, Chad decided to go to Dynasty. Moorhead went to Impact. Uh, Son DeBillis just wasn't sure what he was going to do. Neither was Pat Roberts went and played for Vicious, like, Jason Edwards went back to damage. It's like everybody was kind of drifting in their own ways. And then eventually it was at the end, it was me, son and Tim that, you know, we had waited out and Tim had talked to Psalm and was like, you know, what's going on with the shock thing. And, uh, you know, they had some negotiations and they ended up taking, uh, all three of us to shock. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and for me and Tim, it was like a six hour drive out to the Badlands. And so, you know, we we're like, yeah, we can do that. You know, we'll drive out and stuff. And Tim and Rennick and Psalm had worked a bunch of uh, stuff out to make it work for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, went and played with them for a little bit. And then after the first event, you know, Son decided, you know, he was going to do some other ventures in life. And uh, things didn't work out with Pat Roberts and Vicious. So all of a sudden, Pat's going to Chicago to try out. And I. <laughs> can't say enough about pat roberts it's one of the funniest human beings alive probably and <laughs> he uh saw him and yeah yeah at the time they just loved him they're like yeah we're gonna have this guy on the team he's pretty sweet <laughs> we're like all right yeah so they brought just for team morale like, oh yeah I mean, he's he's a good player but man if you want some team morale he's gonna he's gonna bring it <laughs> he's a funny guy and you know and that whole time was shock that was a uh that was a weird experience that's a, mm-hmm. you know, I just went from a team that was a industry team that, you know, was 
highly taken care of and we were doing so well to all of a sudden go into shock and it was like it was just a completely different vibe it was you know and also i only really knew tim mm -hmm. i knew nobody else on the team like you know and i'd known everybody when i went to philly i'd already known them for a long time and it was right. like it was just such a different atmosphere and then they're just the way they ran themselves as a team was i mean that was a learning curve for me like it was and at the time i don't even think a single one of them even knew that i played for philly they just thought they were picking up some other random dude like it was just, yeah. so i was like all righty and like and I, I had my own views of how the game should be played and they had their own like that that was probably like one of the biggest learning curves i've ever had in paintball like and it was I mean, definitely helped me, and we had a good season. The first good first season was shock. I mean, first mm -hmm. event took third, and then all of a sudden we, you know, took second at World Cup and stuff, and that was probably one of the biggest shocks to the paintball world. Is mm -hmm. the fact that aftershock took second at World Cup. I mean, we took a beating <laughs> by the Russians. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was like seven nothing. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so you were you know, with them for what? Just just the year? I played that year with them, and then the next year I played just half the season it was um and that was kind of the the start of heat was you know the next year because you know it was a complete fluke but you know me and a bunch of the shot guys were going up to canada to play cxbl mm -hmm. and uh we were playing under sarge and you know he just wanted to bring up a bunch of the shot guys because he was you know he had lived in chicago was living in canada he had a cxbl team and uh you know they also had their distortion team for the PSPs at the time. And like, he's like, yeah, you know, you guys want to come up here and, you know, take care of you and stuff like already. And my biggest thing was that, you know, we committed to play all the CXBL, CXBL events with them and stuff. And then before the uh, New Jersey event that year, we knew that everybody knew the CXBL was the weekend before mm -hmm. the PSP. And, you know, Sarge had offered to give everybody on, to bring all of Aftershock up to Canada and said, you know, bring all of you guys up. We'll also give you, he's like, I'll take care of you guys paint. You guys can practice distortion the whole time while you're up here. But I want to make sure these guys that are on my roster come up and play. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the guys just said they weren't coming. And, you know, there was some other stuff that happened where guys just were like, yeah, we're not going. Yeah. And I, I was like. I told this guy's going to go. I was like, I understand, but I was like, we've known this is coming up. Like, and the only people that's, you know, kind of said that were me and yeah, yeah. We're like, no, we're still showing up. And I, you know, and after that, it kind of built a trust with Sarge. Like who we was like, no, these guys are actually like some loyal dudes. They're like, I mean, they kind of, they like, give you your word. Yeah. yeah. Basically, we basically got cut from aftershock for it. Hmm. And it was, you know, and I understand, I was like, that's fine. If that's, the way you see it that's fine like you know it's just i know who i am this is what i'm gonna do like and it was what it was and then i decided to, i just played the uh, new jersey event with uh assault who was you know another pap team and played with those guys for the event because i just wanted to still want to play the event and then me and you know i coached the uh, distortion team for the event and then for world cup as well yeah. and you know after the that kind of happened before new jersey so i was just like you know i've been thinking about you know maybe building a pro team you know see what we'll talk about this and you know then me and him and yeah just kept on going on with these discussions and then more and more it just kind of became the serious thing where it was like okay well we're gonna do this you know who should we talk to what should we and we started i mean we just basically sat down the drawing board and 
we're like i mean we had a we had a list of names of people we wanted to talk to i mean if you saw that list from when it started to what happened with with the actual roster we had i don't even know if i don't even know if any of those people were even on that list like it just (laughs) so what year was it was this 2012 yeah, it was the uh, 2011 into two the it was when you know me and Yay weren't worth the shock anymore. And then we, you know, we're working on it. And then the off season, man, I bet you almost every day we would have either me and Sarge would talk, or me and Yay would talk, or we'd have a three way call, and we'd spend almost a couple hours a day in the off season discussing mm-hmm. it and working it out with what players, what sponsorships, like you know, how do we want to go about this and everything, and like. We took it pretty seriously because we were like, you know, we didn't want to just build something to build it. Like, we wanted to build something that, like, we actually wanted. Like, we wanted something that was, like... That would work. Well, it wasn't only that. It's, like, one of Sarge's biggest things. I mean, they were, on that list, he kept on being, like, I just don't know if that guy's personality fits in. Right. And, like, it was, and it was just more... Because he hadn't been around... I mean, obviously, he hadn't been around as long as we had, but... Mm-hmm he trusted us on like who's good and who's not. And he had his own opinions on some players he wanted. So, and then there was other ones where he's like, we were like, Oh, we kind of want this guy. He's like, I just, he's like, I had some of this, something about him. You know, I just don't know if it fits in personality, personality wise. And he, he kept on in a lot of the things he tried to bring up were personality and how he'd fit off the field and stuff like that. And there were times where I was like, Man, I got you good. So like, I mean, come on. Like, what does it matter? Okay, like we can deal with a little bit of a rough edge sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. it was just like, and sometimes he just didn't want to. But you know, it it was a it was just a crazy experience because I mean to see what it is now is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. And like we we had so many back and forths on like how many things. Like we'd be I'd be out to dinner with some of the guys here, and then. I get a phone call and all of a sudden I'd be standing outside for three hours on the phone. They'd be like, "Seriously, seriously." I'd be like, "Man, we're working on something, man." They, yeah. Like there was, there was, a, I mean, there was times that people would be like, "You guys really think you're going to be doing this?" Was and it's because you just never know if we were actually going to go with it. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't know who Sarge was. They didn't know if he was really going to pull the trigger and do it. And like it was, and so there was a lot of guys that were on the list of names that. You know, they're still huge name players, but they were in on the ground floor of being talked to. And since they just didn't know Sarge, they were like, I don't really know if I, I just don't know him. So I don't know if I can trust yeah. him. It's really going to happen. And the the crazy thing was, is like better off. It was literally just this like, hey, like I think, yeah, I hit him up first and they had never met. Federoff just took a leap of faith. Sergeant bought, a, got him tickets to come out for this first practice that we were going to have mm-hmm. with all the guys that we had eventually figured out with. They showed up. I mean, they could have just, just as easily not got on. They had never met him face-to-face, anything. Just had some Skype talks, and next thing you know, they're at a first practice. It was like they took a leap of faith, and, you know, yeah. it worked out. And I, I, mean, own, I uh, Trozen called me at the end of yeah. the thirteen. Yeah, like it's. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's kind of weird." Yeah, and know. like it, it was. It's crazy because like the teams, like a lot of people would be like, "Oh, they try to buy player stuff," but like, there's a lot of times like if when people hear about like how things go and stuff, they're literally like, "Oh, I didn't think it'd be like that." Like it's 
a lot of the guys were just it was a leap of faith. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I don't, I didn't even know if I was going to be on a professional paintball team. Like it was like, yeah. cause I wasn't. And all of a sudden we're building this. Like it's yeah. and the, kind of the one of the th- crazy things about the team is how many people have done it. I mean, in the beginning, they, Tim, Sarge wasn't telling anybody who was on the roster and he was just trying to get sponsors who wanted to be a part of it. Right. And it was, I mean, there were some industry people that kind of knew, but like I walked into Adam Gardner's office and was like, Hey, we're trying to build something. I'm, I, I love the Lux. I just always have. Like, I, so, Adam, I mean, literally when I got cut from shock, I went into his office and bought a Lux. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, all right, I guess I don't have to use this thing anymore. I'm going to, but then when I walked in, I was like, hey, we're trying to build this team. Well, when he's like, he's like, yeah, I like you guys. And he's like, I, I know you. So, and I guess, yeah, I'll help you guys out a little bit. We don't really have any teams. Like, nice. And that's how it was. It was just, it was just walked in and it was just like, Adam's like, yeah, you know, I'll help you guys out. And so mm-hmm. Sarge has always been like thankful because he's like, there was other people that were like, no, nah, we're not really going to help you out. And he was like, just the people that really took a leap of faith, he really appreciated. And I mean, that's, that's not something easy to do in this industry. No, <laughs> like it's, no. it, it, I mean, it's a small industry and it's, I mean, there's other people out there that will probably, you, you know what the return on investment is going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't even oh, know exactly. the roster. You don't even know the roster. You're like, Really? You're going to ask me for that? Much? Like, <laughs> and so, like, it was just funny because, like, some people, I mean, a lot of people didn't know what the roster was going to be. So now that it's the monster that it is, um, let's go Let's go to the Dallas event. Yeah. Let's, um, because you're on the team, you guys are doing really well. Uh, both, you know, Millennium and here. Uh, what in Dallas clicked for you guys on that field was it i mean were, were certain guys playing well or was it just kind of the whole team was playing well and that's because i when i went back and watched it i noticed a lot of guys were getting spins like it was kind of yeah, being it was, switched it was around a good it was a good layout for our team because we we have a good combination of guys that can kind of play different roles and we have a lot of options right now like in that field layout really let you kind of experiment with things like it was a cool field yeah oh yeah Yeah. i mean we played it pretty safe on the snake side but other than that like playing up like the the middle and the dorito side i mean you can get pretty creative over there Mm -hmm. and we we tended to try and play the field pretty safe and we're firm believers on playing five on five we like playing we like playing five on five we yes we'd like to shoot bodies off the break but if we don't we we feel confident in our five against your five and right. so it's more about not trying to give them bodies and then we'll work our way out of positions and you know we'll work our way out and the bot the guys that we had like i mean ronnie didn't really have to make many big moves on the dorito side he was playing well and wherever he was at he wasn't having to try and run down the field and kill people he's doing a good job alive. of talking and being like hey man that guy's gonna go and like some of the guys really stepped up on evolving how they play mm-hmm. to kind of help the team. And it was really clicking. I mean, the only guy that I think I can say the whole event that I was like, man, he, he he's having, a, he's just having an event with Sergey. I mean, he played really well at the middle. He, and the, the biggest thing was, is, I mean, it wasn't as much as that he was going up there, staying up top, getting a kill, then running through and then trying to shoot one or two people. It was, he did it at timely fashions and it allowed other players to play off the chaos up there to make these moves out and stuff. Right. And it's, 
yes, maybe he might have not even gotten a kill or something, but it's it when it you open it up for your team, that's just as valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it. I mean, I've always said it's unfair. I want to play in a league where nobody can stand over the W since I can't stand over the W. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it, it's so hard to judge if the guy's gonna come over the top. Like yeah. you know, like where's he gonna be? And so for us, we don't really have tall players. And it was a that was a W that if you could stand over the top, mm-hmm. you could slow down both sides because there's the what if. Is he oh, standing yeah. in that little spot where I couldn't see? And it's a lot of head checks. Fields where, oh, yeah. There's a, there's some of those builds where, like, he's never going to be shooting at the Drew side because it's blocked out by this, so he knows he can't be shooting in here. There's such a good lane like, on was, this side. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was one that you're just like, eh, it's anybody's guess, man, already. I guess, <laughs> do I roll the dice? Do I wait it out? And, like, yeah. and he did a good job up there because, I mean, he's probably our only player tall enough to shoot over the top. So, like, <laughs> it was like, already, you know, and he. I mean, there was. I'd like to just put him on the Drew side if I could, and let him just go to town because he's such a good, he's good at gun battling, good at going and stuff. But he he really took the role and ran with it. And I I thought he was having such an amazing event that it was opening it up for everybody else. Like it, it's, and that's again just another intangible where you're like, yeah, man, you see these guys. Oh, okay, they ran down, they shot a bunch of people, but that that only lasts so long. Mm-hmm. But being able to do that, oh, yeah, you do it every once in a while. It looks good, but you're still doing those other times where maybe you didn't shoot people, but it, when it opens it up for everybody, and it, it was a good field for us for that because, like, I mean, and I mean, you guys saw it. Like, we, we didn't run anywhere on the snake side. Mm-hmm. And, like, we actually joked about it where we were like, um, eh, first game against damage, let's just run Chad to the snake off the break because we haven't done that at all. We yeah. haven't done it at one point this event. Let's just go for it, man. What happened? Oh, whatever. <laughs> and we never did it again. Like, yeah, I thought that. our game was pretty damn close. Oh yeah, no, I that, mean, that was yeah, it was, and it was like, and it was one of those matches where it's the the score didn't reflect how tight the points were. Yeah, like it, it was just one body here or there, one ball here or there was the difference in almost every point, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's those are the types of matches. And I think what's crazy is just because the way our team style is and the way your team style is it's a matchup that you're like okay this is this is i and we usually have good games because the style matchups just so ridiculous like yeah you guys i would say your guys styles throwing haymakers we're coming at you throwing haymakers we're either going to knock you out or we're going to leave ourselves open but mm-hmm. you don't know where we're throwing this haymaker from we're like <laughs> we're we're very yeah, you you probably know we're just gonna sit in this little thing and we're gonna work our way out. Like it's yeah. so the two styles are just so different that it's like like there's gameplays where I'm like I would never do that. Oh, that just worked for them every time they did it. Like it's just <laughs> that, that's, and that and that's yeah. one of those things where our team's very predictable on that stuff, but we make it work for us. But that field layout just really was one that like I felt so confident in. Like it was mm-hmm. it felt good. I mean. I didn't like that I was having to carry like nine pods or whatever or like because I'm not really a big dude so it's yeah. kind of annoying to carry do you like, think it'll go to M500 I wouldn't mind if it did I like it I like playing I, dude I want to I want to try it so bad dude, I, so I already fun. I'm already shooting M500 anyway with the way yeah. I play so it's, it's like it so much fun and it's I, I've, the way I look at it is it literally gives you the breakout and then skips that whole three to four minute point where everybody's just no. shooting gaps yeah. and or bounce shots that 
just ruin the game. Yeah, it, dude. It, 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 it takes all that out, and you've basically gone from the breakout, a little bit of just kind of seeing where they're at and figuring out the game, to closing the game. Like, that's just, just that's where it goes. Like, Do you think the NXL have... would change that midseason? No. No? It would have to be a, a beginning of the season. What about yeah. a layout? What about a a no layouts until Thursday? I like that, but I don't think it's good to do for the industry because for, for fields, it just doesn't help the fields. And so eventually that hurts the paint companies. That hurts everybody involved because nobody has to go to a field and practice as much because you don't have the field layout beforehand for teams to be running these points on. So Mark and I were talking about this too, like with the M500, would that cause, since you're not shooting as much paint now, would that cause paint to rise? And then... I don't know if it did in Europe or not, but teams still play about the same amount. Mm -hmm. They just play, they usually just play a couple more, they just play more points because they already know what they have for funding. Right. It's not like you're, it's not like most teams count how many points they played they count how many cases they shot. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're literally, you just, you're using the same amount, but you're just playing a lot more. And it's the, the game is really fun to play just because, yeah. I mean, you don't really have much paint to shoot. And then like, it's a different feel. Can, oh yeah. And like some of the field layouts that like you cannot play in the U S you can still use that in Europe because it's not just some guy shooting a bounce shot with eight pods. Mm-hmm. So a guy can never go anywhere. Yeah. And so it, it really is a lot of fun. I think, you know, I still love playing just unlimited paint because there's some things about it where it just, I do feel there's some aspects that it makes it so more, I wouldn't say more competitive, but it's, you, you really have so much more, you have to going be more sharper. On. Oh yeah. Just the, the margin of error is a, a lot smaller yeah. because you can't, I mean, these dudes are just going to be ripping the lane. So your decision mm-hmm. to go run, shoot deep to the corner or tight to dive into it, like stuff like that, like it, it, it changes a lot because I mean, mid game, some guys just sitting there going, mm-hmm. like, oh, all right, so it's I'm, so not, annoying I'm, not, I'm just not going through that then. I'm just going to go, all right, I'm going to wait it out for another two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you, so like in 500, you don't see it, but it's, it's so much fun fun and i i don't see the u.s switching like mid-season ever but who knows if they'll ever go to it you know Mm -hmm. it just i don't know if that's something they've discussed but it's one of those things where like i have a lot of fun with it yeah i don't see why it would be bad yeah but it'd be interesting it'd be yeah and i mean I, i i think maybe like three pods Three to four That's pods. what I think. I think three pods on your back. Nobody switches anything. Everybody yep. takes out what they have. That's yep. it. It is. Three pods. I don't perfect. think that'd be bad at all. And like, I'll be honest. I'm a big fan of this. Like this whole mechanical craze going on. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, <laughs> I was, but I was also a huge fan of the uh, True Semi. Oh, I hated. That. I was a huge fan of it. I hated that because it was it, like. I, I conceded right away that I was never going to shoot fast. Mm-hmm. So I shot with one finger, going thuk, 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 and I knew exactly when a ball was coming out of my gun, and I just tried to make my shot count more. Mm-hmm. But it was also that you could make these, you could kind of get a little crazier on trying to make moves and stuff because nobody was shooting very fast. Yeah. You could shoot consistent if you wanted to, it was just slow. 
<laughs> that was my decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna shoot slow. It's cool. I don't care. I I shoot with one finger no matter what. Yeah. Whether it's gonna be ramping, or it's gonna be that, I'm shooting with one finger. That's just how I play. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. People yeah. Like, oh, I can't get my gun to shoot fast. I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna get it to shoot fast. So I don't even care. Thuck, thuck, thuck. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I just conceded that. And like, so when I started like this whole mechanical thing started happening, I was like, this could be interesting. Like, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it sucks because. Yes, at some point, technology seems like it took away some of the stuff that you can do in paintball because the guns became too crazy. Mm-hmm. But the mechanical, man, like, it is so much fun. Like, it, the speed of the game you can play at, like, like I mean, you played the Chicago one. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's a lot of fun to shoot. And, like, even if the electronic guns these days just went to, like, around an eight balls a second like those are shooting i think it could be it could help the game because i don't know i don't know i don't know i think i think that pace i think 10 is i think the lowest we should go just because i think the pace is so i think it's right for now yes yes i I just think one of the because what we keep on saying is to mitigate bounce shots because it's one of the biggest things is, I mean, if you slow the rate of fire, the bounce shots aren't going to come in as ridiculously. But what me and Moorhead keep saying is we want to get like a grip tape, almost like a sticker that just goes on the front edge of bunkers. And they literally, you just say, hey, on the field layout, you would mark off points where you say, hey, we're going to put tape here, here and here. So when field owners have it, it's like, OK, they could almost put a Velcro thing there that just mm-hmm. goes, OK, boom, boom, boom. And you'd make these basically texturized pieces of the, for the bunker that would still you could still use the plastic but it'd be so it's still given stuff but it would just be abrasive enough to take away the bounce shots that's not a bad idea because you you need i mean sup air releases field kits almost every year mm-hmm. so fields are already having to upgrade and get new things constantly if that was just the upgrade kit one year I, I still want the bigger snake beams, the tall mm-hmm. ones that they used to have. Those were great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the, uh, just something like that to take away bounce shots. Then I, I think there's real no need for the M 500 mm-hmm. because you could still shoot unlimited paint and you, the, the bounce shots are what makes the game so hard right now. at like the top levels. Cause so, people so, find them in the most ridiculous spots. So talking about the, the M 500, you just got back from Europe, correct? And how did you guys do over there? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, no, we, we had a really good first day and we don't know what happened the second day. We, we were not the same team the second day and, you know, it knocked us out. Like, I mean, Russian Legion won the event and we beat them the first day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we just fell apart. Like nothing, you know, it's one of those days that nothing goes nothing your works. way. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, the one time Tim called my name, I looked over, I go, yeah. I turned back around, this ball hits me, and I was like, I don't even know where that came from. Like, it was like, <laughs> you, it was stuff where you're like, I just can't make it up. And it's like, you never want to look at somebody and be like, how'd you get shot? I'm like, I don't want to talk about that one. Like, it's, yeah. It, but every time we came Magic on the ball. field, it was like, I can't talk about that one. Like, it's just, I, <laughs> every I, it single just time. didn't work, dude. And like, it, you know, we had a bad day, and that does happen. It was just the fact that, is that bad of a day after such a good day, you know, yeah. it's, and yeah. it's, it happens. It, mm-hmm. We, we play a lot of events, you know, it's, it happens. And so we are just like, 
let's try and forget about this, you know, and I feel bad because, you know, we we have a good team over there. It's just mm-hmm. we had a good first event. We I mean, we lost to the Tauntauns in overtime on Sunday, but, like, it, this time it just one bad day. Yeah, one that's all really, takes. really bad day. <laughs> so now where are you headed after this? Or is it practice for the AC event? Yeah, uh, we'll actually go trying to think if we have I think it's the mechanical I I can't remember for the mechanical events before it or not but I, I know for heat are we're going to be practicing in California before the event and then uh, we're going to practice there one weekend and then uh, we'll practice in Florida another weekend and then we'll go to the event and uh, and unfortunately just you know the way a practice schedule worked out for uh, what teams we could work it out to practice with so we're yeah. going to practice with Dynasty one weekend, then practice with uh, Damage another weekend, and then go to the event. And, you know, the last few events, the last two, and even that one, you know, not going home after, just going straight to Millennium. So Yeah, jeez. You know, you, th- this last one was probably one of the hardest trips. For something about it, it was just literally you were like, just want to be back home in my own bed. Just want to be back <laughs> home in my own bed. Like, is you know. I've done a couple of trips where I've been gone for a long time stuff, and for some reason this one just yeah this one just yeah, took I, it I, out I, of you yeah and like that's what we said is like man it wasn't our practice schedule with heat it, it is tough like it's I mean it 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 drains on you but like you know you one of those things like man if you take it seriously enough and like you, you I mean power through it. We're not. It's not only that. It's like we're we're going out there with a purpose. Like I mean, we do this almost as a living. Like it's you know, and if at some point yes, you're like you know, I I, I love this game and I play it because I love it and I want to have fun, but you know at the same time yes, it is almost a job for us. So mm-hmm. it's like there's days where you have to go. You gotta. You literally just gotta be like, dude, suck it up. This is what you do. Yeah. This is, you've made this decision, and you know what you this is what you're here for. So mm-hmm. you step it up and you know, you have to almost have those mental talks with yourself and then you're <laughs> like, okay. And then as soon as you're done playing or, you know, whatever you're like, okay, time to lay down. <laughs> my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, like my, I am so sore. If you look at me and try to talk to me about paintball, I'm going to freak <laughs> out on you. <laughs> like, it's like, and that's what I say. It's like, there's times like we come home and like it, I've lived, it's been me, Chad George and, uh, yeah, yeah, before, it's been me, Moorhead, and Chad George. I've lived with me, Chad George, Tim Montrez. Like, we, mm-hmm. you know, we all live around here together. And, like, there's times where we're just like, no paintball talk. Yep. Maybe this whole week. It, Set it aside. Like, and it's, it's understood. To, yeah, and you just, you know, it's, you know, I need my time off. It's, there's only, especially when we all worked in the industry, too. It's like, you're like, dude. <laughs> Overwhelmed. You live with guys that you work with in the industry. You play in the industry that mm-hmm. you live with these guys. Like it's like it, it was, it's sometimes it felt never ending. Where you're like, I gotta get away from this stuff. How do I do? It? Like it's oh nope, I can't because I gotta go into work tomorrow. And it's, yeah. it's, so it's like there's times in you know you do get burnt out, but then the, you go out and there's this, like some weekend you go and just plays for fun. And you end up playing with some guys that you played with years ago, and all of a sudden you're like it just you're rejuvenated like you, oh, yeah. you enjoy it so much again you're like yeah yeah like the we go and play with like spesh i love playing mm-hmm. with spesh it just cracks me up so i'm like all right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i'm excited to play again like 
Well, yeah, I'll probably um, because uh, I'm what what is it? I think it's before the event. I think the mechanical is before the event, so I will probably, I'll probably see you at that event if you're going to that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna gotta... go see that, and um, and I I just gotta kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I want to say congratulations face to face on the Dallas on the Dallas win. Thank you. I'm glad we at least gave you guys a game when we did. I, I think we're slowly on our way up, but we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll meet again um, on the paintball field for sure. But um, but good luck in good luck at the mechanical event. Good luck at yeah, AC, and I'm sure I will talk to you uh, in between then. But okay. uh, but safe travels. And thanks, is thanks. is there anyone that you want to thank um, or definitely you know, shout again, out to? You know, first of all, Mama D. You know, Sarge's wife. Again, I she's a great lady. Nobody knows how much she really does for the team. So I can't thank her and Sarge's mom, Nana, enough. They're the two of my favorite women behind my mom. <laughs> but they, uh, you know, I can't thank them enough. You know, Sarge, definitely, definitely thank you to Virtue. They, uh, they really, you know, we made a switch this year to them. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for how much they've done and just how they've treated us obviously adam at dlx and gog and shocker paintball you know he's been with us since day one uh contract killer definitely chris has been with us pretty much from day one as well mm-hmm. i mean they definitely nice having a nice engraved gun so like i can't thank them enough <laughs> and then leaf at km straps they definitely, you know, again, they've been another one that's been with us forever. And some of my favorite guys in the world at uh, Anthrax, you know, those are the guys I play with in Europe. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for, you know, they took a leap of faith with us as too, uh, as well. So, you know, can't thank them enough. And, you know, you know hopefully keep on keeping those, uh, that momentum rolling from Dallas. That'd be nice. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, you know, life's a garden. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I really do. And, um... I will I will talk to you soon. Definitely man, take it easy. Alright bud, take care. Thanks again. Thank you, Sam, for sitting down with me. Uh, it was great hearing the uh, the story of yourself uh, along with Houston Heat. Um, you know, I I never realized exactly where he came from and uh, you know I've hung out with him uh, a plethora of times and I've really I've never really known his backstory and I thought that was very cool, and I'm very stoked to hear that he's still a part of the uh, the Houston Heat program. Um, another big thank you goes out to DrPaintball.com. Uh, make sure to head over there and check out all of their uh, all of their paintball inventory. Uh, also to Midwest Clothing LLC.com for all kinds of custom gear. Uh, Vantrition.com for your paintball supplements. Carbon Paintball for your protection base layer and uh, to planet eclipse for all of your intense paintball marker needs so thank you guys for listening uh, very much appreciated make sure you head over to uh, the playing on podcast on facebook as well as myself uh, carl markowski carl microwave markowski um, also instagram is c markizzle and uh, the playing on podcast on instagram and uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. You know, I, you know, make sure that we can get out as much paintball uh, content as possible. 
you know, the more this gets shared around, uh, the more I'm going to be able to do for your gut. You, the more I'm going to be able to do for you guys as far as content goes. Uh, the more listeners we get, and the more uh, you know, steady listening base that we get. So thank you everybody so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next episode here on the Playing On Podcast. We'll see ya.